0: Hmm.
1: recorded live hello this is michael adams i'm gonna okay it's march the fourth two thousand and fifteen trying to finish up uh six 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 and the antichrist to come part two now this needed a break go oh uh, right let's see uh what is the um, Mystery of 666 and the Mark of the Beast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to recap what we've already discussed. Getting tired, I'm going to get Linked with the Antichrist is the Mystery of 666. There have been many attempts to identify this person. The futurists... Are no exception. They have come up with many suggestions, naming Henry Kissinger on one stage, or at one stage, and John Lennon, of course, of the Beatles, at another stage. But because futurists always look into the future for the fulfillment, they never can be sure. Revelations 13:18. The number of the beast is the number of man, 666. This chapter describes the end of the pagan Roman Empire and then the rise and fall of the papal Roman Empire. We must never forget that the whole book of Revelation is written in the same code, so we cannot expect to read a literal account of history in the way we might read a newspaper. The true meaning of the prophecy is hidden behind the signs and symbols. One good reason why the code is used is to protect the church. As we saw before, the church would come under a lot more persecution if the Romans thought there was a book which foretold the fall of Rome. In the same way, much Persecution did actually come when some Christians identified the papacy as the Antichrist. If they had not said this, they might not have been troubled so much. The beast in Revelation thirteen one, having seven heads and ten horns, is a description of pagan Rome. The seven heads represents the seven different systems of government which Rome employed, all represented by the headship uh, symbol. The ten horns represent the ten different divisions into which Rome subsequently divided. Way back in Daniel, which is like the first half of Revelation, we saw the coming of the Roman Empire. There was a head of gold, Babylon, and a chest and arms of silver, Medo-Persia, and Elam, that's E L A M, the belly of brass, Greece, and the legs of iron, East and West Rome. Daniel 2, after Rome came the subdiv- subdivisions which we call Europe, symbolized by the lion, excuse me, by iron and clay feet. Some background information for from the history books. Historian Meccabelli lists ten small kingdoms which arose out of the broken pagan Roman Empire the Lombards, Franks, Burgodians, uh, Ostrogoths, Vis- Vis- Visigoths, Vandals, Earlies, and Suaves, Hans, and Saxons. And this is from Eliot Poiret and that would probably be of Apocalyptica, volume 3, page 136. The Pope of Rome claimed himself to be king of kings over all the kings of these kingdoms and over their successors for centuries, right up until the Reformation, when one, when one by one the nations threw off his temporal power Britain was the first in 1534. Italy was the last in 1870. Gibbon, another historian who specialized in the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, wrote, of the first Norman king of Sicily, the nine kings of the Latin world might disclaim their new associate unless he were consecrated by the authority of the Supreme Pontiff. 9 plus 1 is always 10. Back to Revelation again. In 13.3, we see the end of the pagan Roman Empire, and it's almost a miraculous reappearance as the papal empire. I saw one of its heads as if it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world, the Roman world, wandered after the beast. What does history show? In 476 AD, pagan Rome fell under the blows of the Goths, and the city was captured. The Roman Empire became came to an end. It looked as if that head was wounded to death. But sixty years later in 533, excuse me five hundred thirty three AD, the decree from Justinian gave power to the Bishop of Rome from the papal empire began to rise. In this way the deadly wound was healed. An amazing uh, resurgence of Rome began to take place. Harnack in his book What is Christianity? And page one twenty-six says the Roman Church, in this way privately, privately, secretly, pushed itself into the place of the old Roman world empire, of which it is the actual continuation. The empire has not perished, but has only undergone a transformation. Revelation thirteen and eleven. Another head is seen, which has two horns like a lamb but with a voice like a dragon. There are two symbols combined here, a lamb and a dragon. What does history show? Having seen the rise and power of the papacy from the ashes of pagan Rome, the Pope, instead of emperor, we come to the Pope's hardcore administrative council, the Lateran Council, since the time of Pope Gregory in 590 A.D., all the bishops wore a pallium made of special blessed wool of lamb. Incidentally, Jesus warned against wolves in sheep's clothing, Matthew
0: 7:15. The abbots wore two. Uh, pointed miters and they were called
1: Garuti, which means horned ones. Not to mention that whereas the symbol of a dragon depicts Satan's power in chapter twelve, the lamb depicts Christ himself in chapter five. The combination of the symbols of lamb and dragon in chapter thirteen depicts a puppet depicts the puppets of Satan the Roman Catholic clergy impersonating Christ as both head of the church and mediator between God and of man, which makes a lot of sense to me. The Garukis, the Horned Ones, the papacy ruled over the same territory as the pagan Roman Empire, and it also retained the same totalitarian power of dictatorship. Will betide anyone, I don't know what betide means, I don't know what that means, uh, anyone who disobeyed the Pope. Dissidents were crushed as ruthlessly by the Popes as by any uh, Diocletian or Nero. For example, on the authority of the Pope, an Inquisition was established in the Netherlands to suppress the Reformation. As a result, 30,000 Protestants were martyred. How exact the Bible was when it described the papacy as both a false lamb and a dragon. Revelation 13.13, so universal was the power of the papacy that, that in the code language, Revelation they seem to make fire come down from heaven. Fire in heaven are not literal but symbolic. The beast systems commanded symbolic fire to come down and claimed for itself the divine prerogative to punish what it decided was disobedient or disobedience. The great wonders included satanic manifestations, false tears and bloods from statues, arms and legs on images moving as if in blessing, visions, strange healings and voices. Often these wonders came along in response to
0: various amounts of money donated to the church. As the papal power increased, the papacy used a lantern council as its spokesman.
1: And Revelation 13.15 describes this council as the image of the beast. As we know, Adam was made in God's image. So the code is cracked. The beast has produced an image of itself, the council. Very interesting. I'm learning so much here. So the council is the image of the beast This uh, 13:11 talking about the the, uh, two-horned lamb, and the it speaks like a dragon is talking
0: about. Once again, and talking about these guys. The the, worthy. Let's see. Let's get this. Let's
1: get this settled here. Okay, talking about Revelation 1311, what does the sister show? Uh, having seen the rise in power of faith to see from the ashes of the pagan Rome, the Pope instead of the emperor, we come to the Pope's hardcore administrative council, Lateran council, since the time of Pope Gregory, the 590 AD, all the bishops. So we're talking about the bishops or the, the, the pallium Made of special blessed wool. Abbots were, so we're talking about the priests now, aren't we? We're talking about the Roman Catholic clergy here. That's what uh, so Revelation thirteen eleven is Roman Catholic clergy. And once again, the two pointed miters they called garudis, which means horned ones. Not to mention the that whereas the symbol of the dragon depicts Satan's power in chapter 12, the lamb depicts Christ himself in chapter 5, the combination symbols of lamb and dragon in chapter 13 depict the puppets of Satan, the Roman clergy, impersonating Christ as both head of the church and mediator between God and man. Well, that makes a heck of a lot more sense than saying the United States government is
0: that that's for sure, and this is now coming from a historicist so we were talking about revelation thirteen thirteen right
1: about um uh, uh, the v system commanded symbols fi- symbolic fire to come down and claim for itself the divine prerogative to punish what it decided was disobedience, Uh, The great wonders included satanic manifestations, false tears and blood statues, arms and legs, and images moving as if in blessing, vision, strange healings, and voices. Often, these wonders came along in response to various amounts of money donated to the church. As the papal power increased, the papacy used the Lantern Council. As a spokesman, Revelations 13.15 describes the council as the image of the beast. So the image of the beast is a, um, a Lateran council. Makes more sense to me. Uh, the more and more and more and more I realize, but you know, how do you say this to people without blowing them like this, making a head spin? As we know, Adam was made in God's image, so the code is correct, the beast has produced an image of itself, the council which reflected faithfully everything which the papacy did and said. The pope spoke their decrees. Excuse me, the pope spoke their decrees and judgments through the Council of Trent in 1545 and other councils. These orders were enforced by armies which marched at pope's bidding, following. The example of the Roman emperors, the decrees, edicts and laws were made binding on every citizen within the boundaries of the Roman church control on uh, pain of death. Revelation thirteen sixteen. Here we are told that a beast caused everyone who does not receive the mark of the on their hand or forehead, and if they do not have one they will be Ineligible to buy or sell, the mark represents slavery. It is a symbol of papal demand for complete and unreserved obedience from all within its domains. What does history show? Many papal decrees forbidding trade with heretics could be quoted. For example, the third letter in Council 1178, Pope Alexander III, issued an order that no man... Pursumume to entertain or cherish them the Protestants in his house or land, or exercise traffic with them, the same Pope passed a law against Protestant Waldenses and Albigenses, demanding that no man should pursue to receive or assist them in selling or buying that being deprived
0: of humanity, they may be compelled to repent. ...of the air of their way. Uh, That just jumped on me. Okay. I don't
1: like that when that happens. Okay. Pope Martin V... ...in his decree... ...sent out after the Council of of Constance... uh, ...commanded that they... ...permit not the heretics to have homes in their districts uh, or enter into contracts or carry on commerce or enjoy the comforts of humanity with Christians. The poor Protestants were a minority unable to own their own homes and even rent somewhere to live, unable to sell their goods and earn a living. As a result, these Bible-loving members of the true church starved and perished because they would not bear the mark of the beast. So far, the historic view has been consistent with Scripture and history. All that the Bible says in code has matched perfectly with the sequence and events of real history. Revelation is therefore history written in code. The story has unfolded methodically, verse by verse, without sudden glitches of mystery. Futurists, on the other hand, have to make wild jumps from place to place, joining different scriptures together to make their
0: view seem reasonable. If historicists are correct in their view,
1: the number of the beast ought to now unfold in a logical and consistent manner. We will see. In Revelation 18, here is wisdom, let him that has understanding, count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. What does history show? Going on what we already know about the papacy, we should logically expect the number of the man to be further identifying the papacy.
0: This is exactly what we do find. So, all of Revelation 13 is about the Roman Empire, whether
1: it starts, it, it begins with the uh, pagan Roman Empire, then its fall, being the, the w- one head being uh, healed, and uh, papal empire, papal Rome empire, um, and then it's they're talking about that. to talking about the clergy in 1311, 11. 13, 11 and, uh, the image of the beast is, of course, the council. Once again, just more of the same thing: the political structure of the papacy, and then of course, then uh, we talk about the number of the man, six six six. We're talking about now more about the papacy. The Eastern Roman Empire, the left leg of the statue of Daniel, used Greek as its main language, but for the Western Empire, the right leg at the Rome of Rome. It, was Latin. It was a Latin word with a Latin lit- liturgy for the Catholic Church. A Latin Bible in the Vulgate version. Everything was Latinized in the church, so that almost every inhabitant of Western Europe used Latin. And so, in the code of Revelation, we receive they received the mark of the beast. Just by way of an interesting insight, it could be noted in passing that Pope uh, Val, Vettulani okay, it's Vettelian, issued a decree commanding the exclusive use of Latin in all services of the Catholic Church in the year six 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 A.D. <laughs>
0: Of uh, course couldn't be any more obvious. <sighs> the word Latin in the Latin
1: language is a proper noun and also is the name of the father of the Latin race. Just as we say the papal empire, meaning the empire fathered by the Pope, we can say that
0: say the Latin Empire
1: because it was fathered by Latin. Also, when Pope uh, Vettalian issued a decree that Latin was the only language to
0: be used, by the way, in 666 AD, Uh, this is wild, used in worship, he earned for himself the name Latinus, which means a Latin
1: man. Once again, in my research that comes up, Latin letters have a numerical value, which, when added uh, together, give us a total. The numerical value of Latin is 666. When Latin is changed into Greek, we get
0: the word Latinos, which also has a total value of 666. And then it says
1: here, L equals 30, A equals 1. T equals 300, E equals 5, I equals 10, N equals 50, O equals 70, S equals 200. Added together, 666. Six, six. Some further interesting facts, which neither prove, disprove anything, are as follows: When a pope is crowned, there is placed on his head a heavy golden crown made of three crowns. One crown represents rulership over heaven. One is for rulership of earth, the third is rulership of hell. When this golden crown is placed on the Pope's head at his coronation, it bears the inscription "Vicarius Shall I Die, which means in English Vicarious Son of God. A person who is Vicarious stands in the place of another on their behalf this is why the pope claims to be the vicar of christ he actually claims to be god the son on earth the word anti means alongside of or in place of so the pope has elevated himself to equal with god the son the word vicarious philidae have a numerical value of 666. Vicarious 112, phili 53, di 501. It is also interesting to see the numerical value of the title Romitai, that's R-O-M-I-T-I, which means Roman man, it is 666. Romitai, translated in Hebrew, gives us Romith, that's R-O-M-I-T-H, which also has a numerical value of 666. Footnote, Away back in the second century, a man called Irenaeus who was a follower of the Apostle John, wrote Latinos has the number 666. This is a very probable solution. Unfortunately, he was so far ahead of his time, his words were forgotten. Conclusion. So here is the evidence. We have a man who is the Antichrist who takes on titles and thus blasphemies the holy word of god who sits on god's temple in god's temple so he assumes showing himself to be god who also rules over the latin kingdom with the power to kill and destroy all who oppose him yet he claims to be a representative of christ who else could who else could this be but the papacy the historic view makes perfect logical
0: sense without violating scripture or prophetic code. All right. Pretty good stuff. More stuff you probably read from this, this uh historicism dot com, that's for sure.
1: But I don't think we need to go any further tonight. I think uh satisfied the need to finish that up. Demonstrated one more time that Revelation thirteen eleven has nothing to do with the United States but has something to do with the clergy and
0: of the Romish Church. I know it's not a very satisfying answer, but the most logical. Anyways, so many other things to read. I do want to do this analyzing Schofield. Why we published this book. Maybe I'll talk a little bit about this. Another character that came
1: out of the same time period is all these other characters like Ellen G. White. After 65 years of ordained ministry and studying and teaching the scriptures around the world, I'm convinced that C.I. Schofield was taken in by an immense deception that he unwittingly believed and included in his Bible, notes to the detriment of all who believe them. If the church is to be built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone, then the presumption and errors of Schofield's reference Bible must be exposed. We are not his judge, but concerning the scriptures we are compelled to judge. 1 Thessalonians 5.21. We are publishing this booklet that others might be able to know the facts as we have found them to be. CGW, Introduction. Might as well read that longer. It is incredible that only one book has been written about one of the most influential men in in evangelical history. That book is The Life Story of C.I. Schofield by Charles Trumbull. Oxford University Press, New York, nineteen twenty. In nineteen sixty William Bavere, a master's a master's student in at Southern Methodist University, completed a thesis. A, a, biblo, biblo, a biblo, oh, biblo, excuse me, a biographical sketch of C. I Schofield. This has not been published but is found in some evangelical school libraries it contains important information. In nineteen forty two and forty three the late Arnold Gabellian wrote a series of articles for Moody Buntley, the story of the Schofield Reference Bible. Until nineteen 19- 84. These were the only sources offered by evangelicals for material on the life and credentials of their most prominent Bible study teacher whose notes had influenced the church and changed its direction. Throughout research was, excuse me, thorough research was begun and 1984 by Joseph M. Canfield to compile his book The Incredible Schofield his information was gleaned from many sources genealogical data was supplied by Ruth Schofield Kennedy from a branch of the Schofield clan other records came from the University of Michigan Historian Society, Episcopal Historical Society, the the Encyclopedia of the History of St. Louis. You're that darn city again showing up there. Vatican of the West, and they sure do show up a lot. Missouri Historical Society St. Louis, Kansas Historical Society, U.S. Department of Justice, Na- National Archives,
0: U.S. Census of Michigan, 1869. Um, Lenawee County, I should know the name of that, it's just up the road for me. U.S. Census of
1: uh, Tennessee, Wilson County, Confederate Research Center, uh, city directories, court records, newspaper articles for peri- uh, a, per- a period, both American and British, ship sailing, etc. Information was obtained from the papers of um, Emmeline Papin Estate, Cyrus' sister, on file in St. Louis Co- County Courthouse. Clinton, Missouri. Some facts were gleaned from Laura Schofield Lames or Lambs, another sister of Saint Louis Directory. Excuse me, another sister, Saint Louis Directory, 1877 Public Library, and many other sources too numerous to mention. Canfield did a masterful job of searching out the material for his book, which may be obtained by J.M. Canfield, uh, 129 Canfield, Weaverville, NCW, North Carolina, 28887. He gave me permission to write a condensed version, EMW. Table of Contents, The Story of Schofield's Life, Schofield Notes, answered. Uh, Daniel's 70th week. The real Israel. Origin of Schofield's heresy. Scriptures quoted from King James HAV Story of Schofield's life. And I think I'm going to just leave that at that for now as a teaser. Maybe that's what we'll go into before we get back into all the other things that we got sidetracked on. But I think I've presented uh, a manly, respectful argument, presentation of, I did the best I could. Maybe it wasn't the best as far as respectfulness goes, but I tried best I could to support the fact that uh, it's erroneous to think that anything to, of, of Revelation searching has anything to do with the United States. It is always, that, that chapter is flat out about Rome. Period. It has
0: nothing to do with any futuristic thing about the United States. And I feel satisfied, at least for now, that I have proven that point and now it's time to
1: move on. And I think the next move is to go back this week. Um, well, first of all, is to start this whole thing about uh, Schofield, because I think people need to know who this character was, because he influenced our lives dramatically, and nobody knows who the character is. Um, and then I'm gonna, I do feel that we need to go back to the Roman uh, Catholic slash Islam connection. And I think that's what we'll dwell on the rest of this week. And then maybe we'll get back to all the other stuff that I got sidetracked from. So, um, But that's the way it's going to be in this show. I hope you enjoy the journey with me. There are plenty of recordings prior to this if you want to learn about other issues.
0: And... Yeah. Oh, yeah, then Sunday we have... Um, uh, Wakeus
1: from Wakeus from Slummer. He said he wanted to be on the show and just to talk and share. So I know Wakeus says he knows about Chris Lucas from Liquid Smooth. I guess they had some kind of exchange. Anyways, Wakeus says he has a lot of respect for Chris Lucas. So it um, should be interesting to see that. And, and I don't know about anybody else guests for the next in near future I have so much things to cover, and uh, I think I, what I will do though is I will read some few things out of, um, as time goes on, some of James Japan's work, and, and Walt. He's got a lot of stuff on his website that probably should be read. And, uh, anyways, there's so many approaches to take. For those who who listen to this show and feel that I don't do enough about preaching the gospel, if you're in agreement with me of what the gospel is, I'd be more than willing to have you. have the opportunity
0: to do it yourself on this show. Um, If not, I
1: feel strongly my mission of serving God is... My heavenly father and his only begotten son who came in the flesh is to bring up this stuff because, um, for instance, as we taught we've been learning in the show about the importance of understanding Daniel's 70th week or uh, Matthew 24, also Revelations 13, all these things are, in pat- are very important because, and not only that, but the histor- historical context to so the best of ability we could figure out. I'm not saying that I am a perfect researcher or I am an expert in any of this except the fact that I have faith in the the Bible, the KJV, and I have faith in Jesus Christ. And I really want to know the truth. And I am tired of being lied to, being part of a lie, and... I don't feel I'm better than anybody else. I just, I don't think I'm even unique in that. I think the problem is, is that for most people, because of social pressures, constraints, everything, how many people have this opportunity? God has put me in this position as long as this position lasts, whether it's one more day or another 10 years. I, I owe it to my Heavenly Father and to any of his children out there to share this stuff. Because let's face it, Everything, there's so much crap out there, whether it's television, the Internet, even your church. It's just a bunch of nonsense. People aren't talking about these things. It should be really important. This, you know what? If you're a non-denominational church and you have absolutely faith in your scripture, scripture alone, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ alone, don't you think you should warn
0: your flock about the Schofield? how he's influenced this futuristic, dispensational, futuristic agenda. I know
1: it might mean that you would have to actually repent in front of your flock and say, I was wrong and I've been teaching wrong things and you might lose 90%
0: of them. But at least you have that 10% that you start teaching the truth to. it comes to a certain point where truth is truth and is not based on opinion. There is no way it's either or. Either, um,
1: you could have either or. It's either historicism is the truth or your futurism is the truth. And if it's the truth, there should be some awful lot of consistency. It should be backed
0: up Flat out, not cherry picked, flat out from the Bible. The Word of God. So I should just go to bed. I may take care of business and stuff in the morning. So God bless everyone. Take care. I hope you get something out of these recordings. I know I have. I've grown immensely. In subtle ways, and in great ways, I've grown immensely, so.
1: All glory and praise go to God, the one and true God, the great I am that I am, and his only begotten
0: Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you all.